following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. Dream Preview post-Super Bowl basketball edition with my Wise Guy Roundtable. To my right, Brad Powers. To my left, Steve Fezzik. Also, special guest remotely, college basketball expert Dave Essler, and I'm R.J. Bell. And guys, you might think, wait a minute. Fezzik killed it, killed it, crushed it on the Super Bowl extravaganza. Our biggest listen-to show ever, and it wasn't even close. And it's a couple days later, right? You think maybe they're taking a little bit of a break? Well, I've just got one thing to say. And thus, here we are. We're going to do a Super Bowl recap. And there was a record broken. And once again, we're seeing the futility of the batters in aggregate, or maybe another way to look at it, how good the dastardly bookmakers have it. In college basketball, overrated, underrated from Brad and Esler. Also, we're going to talk about how post-Super Bowl changes the betting marketplace and how to take advantage of that. We're going to talk a little bit about turnovers, how to handicap that in college basketball. Also, we're going to look at the biggest game on Thursday, biggest game on Saturday, including Duke, North Carolina. We got two best bets for Wednesday at the very end. So if you're listening later, you'll know when to stop. And by the way, guys, we're going to be best betting every Wednesday for those Wednesday games. So listen, the first day we're out and also, Fezzik, who originates in the NBA, is going to look at the five best teams in the West, Golden State, Houston, San Antonio, Minnesota, OKC, and he's going to give you the Jim Cramer style buy, sell, hold for the rest of the regular season with these teams. First, though, the Super Bowl. Fez, the record got broken, and it wasn't even close. Up $20 million from the prior record up 14.5%. Both of those were last year, 58.6 million in Vegas. Main takeaway. Main takeaway is just the mainstream of sports betting, the acceptance of it. Everybody wants to get down, even with the NFL ratings down, RJ, the interest in sports betting has gone up to the tune of 15% this Super Bowl versus last Super Bowl. And I think it's going to just keep happening. And I think the Vegas numbers are going to be more affected by the general economy and more affected by general interest in sports betting. Cause imagine you've got your wife, you're living in, let's say Kansas, right? For some reason you're in Kansas and what, well, Hey, we love Kansas. Who are we kidding? <laughs> A certain percentage of our listeners are from Kansas. I'm sure is the wife starts hearing, Oh, look, sports centers talking about betting or, There's that guy with that Pittsburgh accent, RJ. He's on all those shows. He seems kind of interesting. So they get just a little bit of interest. And now the husband, maybe he was just a casual bet when he's barbecuing on Saturday better. But if you go from no interest to some interest now, hey, wouldn't it be cool to be in Vegas for the Super Bowl? Now they're here and 90% of their 
energy, their money will be spent on dinner, shows, nothing that's really Super Bowl related, but they're soaking up the energy. And then maybe they do put two, three hundred bucks down, couple, you know, probably Eagles on the money line, couple bets like that. So lo and behold, not only did the handle go up in this hypothetical by three hundred dollars, but also the airlines benefited, also the hotels, the shows, the restaurants, et cetera. And I think that speaks, I think, strongly towards where this record, the hundred and fifty eight million compares to in two thousand twelve. Not that long ago, six years ago, the record was still from the Pittsburgh Seattle Super Bowl, still ninety four and a half million. So 2012, after that Super Bowl, ninety four and a half million Nevada record. Now, six years later, one hundred and fifty eight million. So this isn't just oh, sports betting's going up, up, up since the turn of the century or since the internet. This is literally a sharp upward angle trend line in the last five or six years. And I mean, we're looking at, you know, 65% up in that short period of time. All right, Fez, let's also talk how the betters did. I hate the book. I hate bookmakers. They're dastardly. And they really are actually, (laughs) if you don't know many bookmakers, you're lucky, but Everything seemed to fall right for the public. The big dog, and we'll be talking about the Let It Ride better, who won again and won eight figures again. Imagine that, and we'll give some details on that. But the idea that a bunch of the props seemed to go the way of the betters, a lot of overs, right? And we know the betters love the over. The, the over on the total and the money line on the dog, you would think this was a perfect storm for the batters to finally beat the bookmakers for the first time, like in 10 years. Well, it was the lowest hold percentage in 10 years, but still those bookmakers won. And now it's been 28 years. We've accounted for it separately and 26 times the bookies have won twice. The batters have won. And those two times for the batters is San Francisco against San Diego way back when, and New England against the Giants, the undefeated season, the only two times. Yeah, and RJ, I don't know about you, but I was sweating. We both publicly came out and said, hey, the bookie is going to win. Vegas is going to win the next 10 years. And the only way, and I brought this up on our um, radio show, hey, the only way we can lose, Vegas can lose, is if we have a shootout, a really high-scoring game. Both quarterbacks go way over, and a lot of things happen, like safeties, overtime, two-points conversions, and all the main players going over, and it was happening. If Brady brings them down and they score a touchdown at the end, get the two-point conversion and the game goes overtime, I think Vegas loses. Straight out of Vegas, Fridays at 11 p.m. to midnight. Saturday starts an hour earlier, 10 to midnight. On Fox National Radio, that's the radio show Fez talked about. So what, other than the underdog winning, and that's the big money line payout, other than the over the total, what were the pro and other than I guess over on all the yardage, what other props were particularly attractive for the batter? Well, I think the betters hammered the two quarterbacks over Foles and Brady, and they loved to look for that big payout. Will there be a four hundred yard passer? Yes, plus the three twenty five things Is that, like so, that. So four hundred yard passer, either of them was plus I, I saw plus three twenty five at one location and Brady got to five hundred. 
Uh, will there be a two-point uh, conversion attempts a popular one? Will there be a missed extra point? There was actually two of them in the game. That's a popular public bet, both of those casts. Caesars Palace lost big on a prop. Will a kick hit an upright second straight year that paid over 3-1? to one. The public, they love betting that plus money, RJ. That's one direction. All they wrote was, yes, a kick's going to hit the upright. Boy, that, I'm surprised the commission allowed that one because you would think there's some subjectivity to that. What if it like deflects off of a flag? I guess the flag isn't indoors in the Metrodome, but yes, you would think it'd be too close to call sometimes. You know, I'm going to propose because we did do our pregame.com prop invent a prop contest. We had hundreds of entries, guys. Thank you for the feedback on that and the participation. And the winner was... Would there be or would the Pats trail by double digits and then come back to win the game? Opened up nine to one. Heavy, heavy action. It was at eight different sportsbooks, CG Technology in Vegas. Heavy action on the yes. It was all that big payoff. Got bet, bet down, I think, below six to one, if I heard correctly. Next year, I'm going to pose one for the Inventor Prop contest. Will there be two missed extra points? I like it. I like that one. What would you, what would your line be just fast off the top of your head? Well, there's about a one fifth chance for one. So there's a one twenty fifth chance for two, although it is correlated a little bit. A kicker gets upset. He's missed one. So, so minus 2000. So okay. So, well, what would the, my, it'd be plus 20? I mean, what's the straddle going to be like 15 to one minus 2200? Maybe they'll probably only give you 10 to one on the minus 2200. But even 10 to one, I think would get a lot of the public will bet it. They, they, that's what they bet. It feels like we're kind of setting up to explain why Fez didn't have a good prop season or, or Super Bowl, because if the public wins, usually a wise guy like yourself is going to lose. How did your props do? I actually, on the widely available props, went six and three. Now, I wow, did, you I, avoided the prop. I got lucky. Now, I posted 47 props that I personally bet. And I went 26 and 21, I believe. So it was very so bad either. It, well, I, yeah, in the Vegas, I pretty much chopped, but I got lucky with the props because when there's a game that's 41 to 33, RJ, if you tell me I can get out of the props and break even or win, I'm happy. I did lose on the New England money line, however, so that pretty much wiped out my prop profit. Well, but you had three units. So uh, for those that bought your package and we had the coupon last week for a big discount and guys, we broke a record. And those and the uses of that coupon. So thanks again for the support. And remember, there's a bunch of ways to support us, right? If you want the premium picks, it's there. If you want to share and spread the word about the dream preview, that helps a lot too. If you want to go into your favorite podcast player, subscribe. That helps because then you don't miss any podcasts. Or even better, subscribe and give us a rating. And those five stars help. Right now on iTunes, a perfect five star rating for the dream preview. Thank you so much for that support also. Um, but those that would have followed your props had a nice profit. Okay. What else we want to talk about here? Uh, the record, we talked about how to, so we were saying, Oh, I was willing to bet on the radio show, even money that the betters wouldn't win in the next 10 Super Bowls. I would make the case this Super Bowl and the betters not winning makes my bet look even smarter. Like, yeah, I get it. If a couple more unlikely things, maybe they would lose uh, the the bookmakers. But, man, in the spectrum, this seems like an extremely unlikely result that still the bookmakers want. Absolutely. They punted once, RJ. How likely is that? Think about it. What would the odds be over under punts? One and a half. 
and ten million of their profit was chopped off by one single guy. So I mean, you take him out of the equation, they would have had a pretty decent hold. It's a good point. The funny thing is, is in the NBA, there the NBA is after one percent. Big brain on bread. Wow. I didn't know I'd get that on the NFL. Wow. I am that, that proud was, of that. We lowered the bar. All right, but oh, you got right. over. Thank you got you. over. If, if right. there would have been a one percent <laughs> NFL integrity fee, RJ, as the NBA is trying to go after, then the books would have lost if they would have had to pay one percent. You know, the Godfather, they said, you know, they didn't take this certain dawn. I think it was in the book from Cleveland. They said, because his mind went off to extraneous, extraneous things. The NBA, they're not getting 1%. Not a chance. If they gave me 1%, they would have lost too, right? <laughs> hey, let's start the RJ gets 1%, right? <laughs> Sounds good. I'll donate a bunch to charity. I pro- yeah, I'll make sure game integrity. You give me 1%, game integrity is going to be mighty, mighty, mighty good. All right. Let's talk about the let it ride better. This guy, I mean, Fez, I think the thing we haven't focused on much is how square this guy is. <laughs> I mean, the old saying, Jimmy Vaccaro coined the phrase, wise guys bet numbers, recreational batters. He might have used a little more pejorative phrase than that, but we'll call it recreational batters bet teams. This guy bets teams. I mean, as we broke the story, just like we did at pregame.com on the World Series itself. When we broke the story on this batter, he walked into the MGM, said, I want to bet $10 million. It went to the highest reaches. They came back of decision makers and said, I will take three. But we're going to uh, stick it to you, gouge you. And they went and gave him the ultimate blended number was plus 155. The market at the, at the time was like plus 190. So maybe 185. So imagine how they had to rationalize if the blended was 155. They must have made him bet like 140, 130 on on some of those last tranches, I guess, as you'd call it, in the financial market. But I don't know if they were letting him bet a quarter million and that's what would have been 12 ticks down or half million and six ticks down. Half million times six is three million or what? But to have a blended Number of plus 155, like we've correctly reported first, means, one, that the MGM did stick it to him, but give him credit for taking a big bet. But number two, he seems oblivious to value. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, RJ, he's betting on the hardest to pick games out there. The World Series See, I disagree with that. Mm -hmm. Because not that he's a contrarian batter or not, but I think it's important to remember, if you're a contrarian batter, the Super Bowl is the best bet of the season. Doesn't mean that you're always going to, uh, the line's always going to be wrong, but what does a contrarian better like myself try to do is fade public bias. And the more involved the public is, the more bias is going to be in the number. But in this case, he was actually betting with the public bias. Fair enough. So it wasn't about, but the World Series, the same thing. If there's any baseball game all year or set of baseball game series of them that's going to have public bias in it, it's the World Series. Fair, fair enough. I do note that a lot of these games have been very high scoring and very close. He is running beyond good. Game five of the World Series. Well, he was 12, on the right 12. side. He, he wins. He was on the right side of this game, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in retrospect, if we went back in our time machine a week ago, everything's the same. We make the line on this game two. New England two? Two and a half? I'm saying Philly might be favored. Really? Because here's the question. Is that the real Nick Foles? Mm. Because if it is, 
Philly should have been favored. If we say Brady's going to play that way, which was great, but not unexpected. Foles is going to, maybe the numbers, you know, were unexpected, but he played really good. And we expected Brady to play really good. Is Foles played really good. And we, what did we expect? We didn't know, right? What we said was, if Foles is how he was in the regular season, this line should be seven or eight, right? New England favorite. Yep. And if Foles is as good as he was in that Minnesota game, line should have been pick him, right? Because the Foles we saw in the Minnesota game, the Foles we saw in the Super Bowl is as good, if not better, than Carson Wentz. Absolutely. Now, we, can debate, yeah, we can debate that, oh, Foles is older, Carson Wentz is, you know, obviously younger, and also Foles ha- has had, even during that good season with all the, you know, with Chip Kelly, all the touchdowns and few interceptions, it still wasn't this good. This good is as good. I mean, is Aaron Rodgers better than the Nick Foles we saw in the last two weeks? No one does. I mean, that's yeah. he played as well as any quarterback we can think of. So if we believe that now, and if there's any two games that would be the most telling, it's still only two games. It's going to be the two highest pressure games of anyone's career, right? Could the conference championship in a Super Bowl. And then there's no question the Eagles, you know, player for player, they're better roster than New England. Of course, if we could go back the last two New England victories in Super Bowls, and if Seattle doesn't mess up on the goal line, and if Atlanta doesn't mess up and get themselves out of field goal range and say, hey, looking back on it, Atlanta should have been pick them against New England. So I, I wonder if we're overreacting to the end game. This game, New England was favored with just a couple, like four well, minutes I think to in play. hindsight, Atlanta should have been picking against New England, right? Yep. I mean, watching that, I mean, if they played next week, what would, if they had played the next week, you know, forgetting like the aftermath of that horrible loss. So listen, I'm not saying the game should be pick them. I'm saying that whatever question marks that we had about Nick Foles, I think some still remain, but I think that a lot were answered. Agree. So maybe it's, maybe the public makes it. I, I mean, could you imagine the public lane points with new England if they played again next week? So I think that Philly would have to be favored, but I think the true line that would split the result might be New England by two if they replayed it next week. I still think New England would be favored. So you're saying the public, you're going to get New England action after uh, seemingly New England had no chance. I mean, that's the thing. It's one thing for a game to end up eight, but watching that game, it was, you know, Eagles in the lead the entire game. I agree. But. Wow. Breaking news. We don't have the breaking news like Colin does on our sound effects, but it looks like that. And this is coming over over the wire as we speak is McDaniels announced as Colts head coach. And then and again, we're taping on Tuesday night. McDaniels rejects position, decides to stay with Patriots. So that means I mean, that means Belichick has one year or zero years left, right? What else other than maybe he got in and Ursay came in drunk or something. And they said, Oh, I don't want to, you know, like you go visit the girlfriend's parents for the first time. And you know, the brother's kind of like, you know, touching her knee and you're, and there's people <laughs> screaming, the stepbrother maybe will say it. And, and there's people screaming and you're saying, ha, huh, maybe this engagement's off. Right. <laughs> I mean, a little joke there, but what could it be? Oh, I agree with you completely. 
And and think about it. McDaniels is compromising his ability to get a job with anybody else down the road. If he's going to pull this I, with Indianapolis. Well, did Belichick compromise his ability when he turned down the Jets job? After when he literally sat in a press conference and took it? Mm. Uh, what, uh, hold on. That's a burn. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be harder for him to get hired by anyone other than the Patriots going forward. I'm done. <laughs> well, I, you know, listen, that's a whole other debate because to extend the girlfriend analogy, if a girl's hard to get, Brad, when a girl was hard to get in high school, how did that make you feel? Hard to get? Uh, I really had no chance, so I, <laughs> I wanted to speak. But you would have wanted her more. Well, yeah, but I had no chance to begin with, so it really didn't change <laughs> but now you're me. Listen, now you're one of the 10 most famous handicappers in the world. Uh, I, I'm happy top 100, but 10, I'm sure. Thanks for the flattering. You know, speaking of girls <laughs> and all that, um, there was Adam Hill from the Review Journal told the story to Steve Cofield, who co-hosts our uh, Fox show nationally. And this was on Friday, I guess, or maybe it was Thursday, but it was right before the Super Bowl. And he overheard a guy chatting up a chick and she was, and he was saying, Hey, uh, have you read about this let it ride batter? And apparently she was like, I don't know, maybe. And it's like, well, yeah, uh, you know, that's me. <laughs> and Adam, you know, from our reporting from other people he knows in town, he knows what the guy looks like. He doesn't know exactly the guy, but he know. and this guy looked nothing like him. So it's like, literally this story gets so big. And I, you know, my response was, well, he better have uh, a full bankroll, right? Cause if she's going to say, huh, okay, well, I'll hang out with you. Cause she thinks he's betting 10 mil. Well, she's going to expect a lot. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. You're not going down to the local buffet. You better be going <laughs> five star. So my two for one at the stations wouldn't have worked. I don't think so. You better go win buffet. You know, I think I told this story once, but it's so good is, I mean, this would have been like when I was, uh, let me think about this. I would have been 30 and I'd been in Vegas like two years. And, you know, I'm not saying that I'm proud of this. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm just saying it was, I was single and I didn't discriminate against younger girls. Right. I, wasn't the only thing that interested me, but there was this girl who had, uh, that was going to college. Right. But it was her summer, but it was the summer and it was the summer before, uh, she was leaving for college. And we, you know, we met at a party and had, you know, fun. And then we went on a date and then like the second date, I took her to the sunset station buffet and I had a two for one coupon. You know, if you're in the station, you know, the coupon book, yep. there's some good, discounts now i'm thinking i'm paying anyway what's she's gonna it's not like you can only eat half as much at the buffet <laughs> so you know we eat everyone has a good time or she has a good time i do no one says anything a few weeks later you know things peter out so you know a few months goes by she goes off to college like a month or two you know i hear it through the grapevine a month or two after she leaves for college so this is like october i check my answering machine Right. This is still old school, like, you know, mechanical answering machine. And because I guess what, 17 years ago and she's on there drunk and she's going, oh, you know, something, blah, 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 screaming drunk. And then finally at the end, she goes, one last thing. You can shove that two for one buffet <laughs> up your, you know what? Wow. <laughs> That's a grudge. 
Jeez. No, no, no. Uh, I just it apparently stuck uh, with her. I, there was wow. no strong feel. I guess maybe that just shows there wasn't much else to complain about. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's the way I'm going to look at yeah. it myself. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that, Fez? I think a veteran move would have been to prepay and just gone through that line. See, Fez, that's why you're you and, you, and I'm me. Yeah. Is <laughs> here's and here for the young yeah. listeners out there, and this is very important. And this was hard earned knowledge. I mean, I got to tell you, hard earned knowledge is don't, if you have any, any, any ambition for more. Now, listen, we all know there's times. You start engaging with someone and you have no ambition for more. When that's the case, you know, when I say more, I mean a girlfriend, uh, you know, eventual more net is if you think that's impossible, then forget these, these guidelines I'm going to share with you hard earned is show them the truth from the start, the absolute, absolute truth, because otherwise you're going to spend, if you get quote unquote lucky and it becomes more, you're going to spend the whole timeline. You know, I'm going to strongly disagree. Well, <laughs> I think you, I think you got to lie a lot when you start out. Oh, example, Brad, I'm going to use an example. So you, you, you go to the, the local bar and you get your comp drink. How much do you tip when you get your, your drink? Oh, uh, at the local bar. Oh, I, I tip maybe 20 bucks sometimes depending on for one beer. Yeah. Oh, for one beer, 10 bucks. And if it's, if it's cop 10 bucks, Never mind. All, All right. right. I'll, I'll, I'll tip like, a couple, one or two dollars, usually two. But when I was single and I would go out, I would always leave a more generous tip to put my best foot forward, if you will. But it was not an honest foot. And how did that usually go? Good short term. R- really? Short term. You just uh, your body counts just through the roof. Bad, no, no. Bad, bad <laughs> how was a good? How was a good short term then? I, for whatever reason, I found when you when I was out for the first or second time, women love enormous tippers. They love that in a guy, a generous. So why guy. didn't it go well then? Long term, they got to know me. No, no. But what I'm saying is, it would seem like you just had again. Uh, oh look, there's another hot one I banged, and then she found out the truth, and I left, or the, she left. Like, so you have a long list of that. No, I'm just normalizing no, I'm it how then. it would have been with me acting that way versus not me not Maybe. acting that way. It went better, and it. How do you way. know? It still didn't go great. How can great? How can zero be better? <laughs> <laughs> but all, all, wow. joke, all joking aside. That is them looking at you thinking, first off, they're, if they're learning disabled, maybe you're right. Otherwise, they're looking at you thinking, man, look at that sucker trying to impress me, right? Oh, now, I disagree. Fez, this is like me telling you how to handicap yeah. the NFL. I once went out with a bartender, and she was so offended when we got a couple rounds of drinks, and I only tipped $5. So I thought, I, thought it w- I thought you said you always try to impress. I didn't that time. So she the was, one, you I figured the lesson. one person who actually makes a living off of tips is when I'll actually tip short. <laughs> well, that was not a plus EV move on me. <laughs> Jeez. Listen, let, let, first off. I am Elma J. Foot, millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. So, hey, it all worked out for you. Okay. I defer to we, RJ for dating advice. Listen we to agree? RJ Bell, not the actuary math geek. Yeah, can we agree that <laughs> can we agree that your dating life probably there's no book that we're going to be writing. No book uh, forthcoming. <laughs> so what did you say? Let me ask you a question. Imagine <laughs> we're going to spend just 64 seconds on this. Imagine literally, and I'm being, I mean literally, imagine if 
there was someone who lost their house and was living in like a extended stay because they played so much roulette and they had no system because there is no, there is one system, but that's a secret. And, and it's something only a few people can do. And when I say secret is, uh, well, it's something Billy Walters did. Well, that'd be a good story we'll tell in the off season. Would you buy the book of the guy that went broke from his roulette system? Of course not. I'll okay. buy the book from the wheel track. Right, so, you would say, well, so you would say, wait a minute. You would say, you know, this guy might be good at some other things, but, you know, history proves he's not real good at the roulette. Probably better to listen so to you're my so gambling good. advice you're so than good anything at, else. At so many things. And you've ended up getting, you know, with, in all due respect, a beautiful wife. You've had a beautiful son. You, you know, Elmer J. Fudd. You own a mansion, a yacht, it all worked out, right? But when you were like banging around the streets at 28, wasn't your finest Not as good, no. (laughs) So to wrap, the trick is, youngsters, (laughs) show them the truth. And not only is it going to give you a chance at the longer term, okay? It's also, if you want it, again, possibly. But number two, they're going to look at you and say, how badass is this guy? The kind of people I'm going to get along with, right? I've been married now nine years. So, but the kind of people I'm going to get along with gals is they're going to look and go, this dude's not trying to impress me. So he doesn't need to. Just a segue here. (laughs) One thing I was impressed, RJ, was your best bet prop where you bet the second half to outscore the first half. Do you want to talk about that? No, I, well, I want to hear more of these because uh, I'm a youngster. I, I was waiting for more from that's RJ. It. That's, that's it. Simple. That's, does that, that feel that right? simple? Does yeah, that, feel feel, right that does you? feel right. Yeah. Right? And you can't do it scared. All right. Because, it's, uh, you know, all I know is this. So just like scared money, don't get money. Exactly. Is yeah. Scared is, of ladies, don't get ladies. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying yeah. don't tip. I'm saying to me, 20 bucks or something seems wild. <laughs> I mean, I, if you got it, good luck. Well, I didn't know when you're talking just one drink or you're talking your no, whole. That, yeah, that was what he was. One drink. Well, one drink, five bucks. Then. So you tip I as was... much as the drink itself. Yeah. But if you pay for it, how much would you tip? Uh, maybe five bucks. So you tip a hundred percent on a drink. Yeah, I tip And a if lot. you drink six or eight beers well, in a then night. I don't. But just one, I, I tip 100%. I tip $2, and they actually, every bartender's, like, super happy on the strip when I do that. Like, they, no, like maybe, most you, people maybe tip you're one, mistaken a grimace for a smile. Possibly so. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap up the, <laughs> the Super Bowl talk. We'll do a, maybe a whole podcast on dating at one point. I think there'll be yeah. a, a nice niche audience for that. All right. The record was broken. The house still won. The let it ride better dominated. He's not very sharp. I mean, Fez, is it could is this just plain luck? Because he's now turned four hundred thousand into over twenty million dollars. Well, Chris Moneymaker played seven days in the World Series and he wound up winning similar comparable type of run, I think. And I think it's just so fascinating how fascinated people are about this guy. Because what why do people love gambling? Some of it is they're wired that that, you know, they've done studies, right? When that roulette wheel is spinning is when it's seven, seven. Some people get off on waiting that second before the last seven more than others. They're wired, right? Some people are wired. They do one line of cocaine and they're hooked because it, they ju- it just makes them feel better than it makes normal or average people, typical people feel. And I think gambling, there's a lot of that. But I also think that, 
people who are casual gamblers and like to observe the industry love the idea of the lottery effect, the idea you could just get lucky in this world that for a lot of people, right or wrongly, they might think this. I, I don't know if they're right or wrong, but it feels like their life's a dead end, right? If, you, if you're year 20 on being a mailman, I'm not saying I would think, hey, it's great. You've got benefits. You've got this. But some people feel like, hey, it's just the same old thing, especially in that midlife crisis time is the idea of, you know, if I just got hot, if things just fell my way, everything would be different. You know, as Springsteen said in used car, Mr. The day my number comes in, I'm never driving a used car again. RJ, this guy's number came in. He won a million dollar lottery, basically. And then he said, you know what? Let me go to the roulette wheel four or five times and just keep betting black, baby. And he keeps winning and winning and winning. Which is why he's a legend. (laughs) Right. But Archie Corrales, is that the name? Yes. He was a guy that was a huge gambler, craps player. And he ended up at the old Binion's. He ran up, you know, a, a pretty decent starting bankroll into what was it like 20 million? I heard 30 million, which is interesting because that's 20 to 30 million is right around where the let it ride better. Yeah, is but this right was many, now. many years ago. And if you think about it, the most famous chip, I think, in the history of Vegas was the $5,000 Binion chocolates. Like if you read. A lot of the old gambling lore, it's like, yeah, he had a couple billion chocolates, 5,000. They were brown chips. My understanding was he had every chocolate in existence in front of him. That they, they, he broke, he didn't break them, but he had every freaking chocolate. But the thing is, when you play a negative EV game, like almost every casino game, he ended up losing all that, right? And then at the end of his life, he was playing like 1-5 stud, you know, 1-5 limit stud. So... Let's hope, you know, part of me hopes to let it ride better, just take some money and runs, but I don't think he's going. To. I don't think so. Part either. of you. I don't believe that. I think, I, I think you want him to keep playing. I it's do good for be, Vegas and it, good for business. It's good. Cause we've got, you know, we're plugged in. Right. And we we've broken all these stories, but on the other hand, I actually hate Vegas. I hate the house more and especially sports book. Listen, I don't mind the casino house. Because they, any, it's obvious there's negative EV here, right? And if you want to play, they, you know, they go, right? But when the sports books try to, uh, even if you're playing fairly, but and you win, like Fez, how many books are you limited at? Whereas you can't just go in and bet, you know, with the, the post the limit. In theory, this is America, right? And the idea is that you should be able to walk in. And it says up there, oh, is it says you can bet 5,000 on this game. Certainly he can present a bill for such services. After all, we are not communists. (laughs) And in America, you should be able to bet 5,000. How many places are you limited? Four. Four of like eight in Vegas. Like if you count like the the unique line. Yeah, I don't really think I should count Jerry's nugget because they'll let me bet my $500, which is the limit for everyone. But yeah. Half right. of them. So it's like this is some 97% of the batters win or lose, right, is the estimate. 3% win, but somehow, some way, some one of the 3% is there. So, yeah, let's make sure he can't actually bet. I mean, I don't like that. So part of me thinks if he takes that money and they never get it back, uh, you know, and he lives off it the rest of his life, I'd be, I'll be cackling. I would love to have like a webcam feed of his house. 
you know, not like inside in the bathroom or whatever, <laughs> but but literally just see his house and see him pull up in his Lexus, you know, and then pull out and see him pull up with some cute girl and you know <laughs> so better that he, he doesn't over tip with. And I mean, <laughs> I, just to see him like live the life off of their money for the next thirty years would be great. Better to take all those chocolates and vanillas and head on over to the Spearmint Rhino or one of the local places and blow it that way, right? I tell you this. You guys are sh- going to know for sure we never add it because I'm going to leave that in. The Fez said that non sack. What are you talking about? I know I want him to live off it, not blow it and give it to someone else that's trying to get over on people. Right. Because it's the, the old saying is if you have who was I listening to recently? Oh, it was uh, it was Oscar Goodman. Speaking of this is a great segue. This is almost like we planned it. So, guys. If you are subscribed to this feed, the Dream Preview feed, you already have the Oscar Goodman interview, an hour 50, and man, oh, man, I'll be honest, and and I'm being 100% sincere, this is probably outside of the hardcore sports handicapping stuff, what I'm, you know, a little project that I'm probably the most proud of. So uh, Oscar Goodman, Vegas mayor for 12 years, Mob lawyer. He was in the movie Casino uh, playing himself. He was actually uh, Spilantro. I think that's a Tony Spilantro who Joe Pesci played in Casino. He was his lawyer for like 15 years. Oscar Goodman was. He talks about the movie Casino. He talks about the Black Book. Billy Walters, Howard Hughes, Harvey Weinstein, Mike Tyson, Donald Trump. And many things he said he never had spoken of before. And that's up right now, 100% free. Check that out. One of the things we were talking about, it might have been off air, was he said, listen, in Vegas, if you got a leak, it eats you up. You know, if, you, if, if you're into drugs, eventually the drugs are going to get you. If you're into food, the buffets are going to get you. If you're, uh, you know, a um, great poker player, but you like the table games, it's going to get you. Right. If you've got a leak or even guys that are great 99% of the time, but when they go on tilt once a year, they lose it all because they can't even at 1% at their best game, it gets you. So to me, the strip club or whatever, another way to take the money from the guy that hit the lottery, right? Let's let the guys that hit the lottery just go live on it. And let me say, I, I'm kind of with you, RJ. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. Kind of. Well, I, well, because I had Patriots money line, so I'm not happy that the bet, the, the this the letter I'd better won. But I well, will say, I'm glad he really took one book. Well, to listen, town. I'd, I'd much rather win 200 bucks and have the let it ride guy win 20 million. Yeah. But hey, he's won. But I, I am happy he took William Hill for about 3 million, a place that limits, you know, questions whether or not I can bet a thousand dollars on a college basketball game, but sure. They'll take his 3 million on the Super Bowl. I, I got to voice Brad's opinion as well. It's awesome. that William Hill got crushed by the let it ride better because they basically kicked out all the sharps that would have gotten them balanced. So they didn't get balanced. So they lost millions. And that's a good thing. Hey, guys, there's nothing worse than a disgruntled wise guy. It's like William Hill is telling you they don't want wise guys. Like, give it up. Like, it's like, do you, back to girls is, is if, the, if you ask a girl out seven times and she said no seven times, you, are you mad? Or do you say, hey, I'm not her type? Not William her type. Hill is saying you guys aren't their type. I'm not going to. Take, hold- it as a, take it as a, a sign. 
that you're sharp. I'm not going to hold it personal. In fact, I'm going to oh, recommend. Not personal. I'm going to recommend the book. Off, you got kicked off at ESPN, and I had to go in and and pull a lot of favors to get you back because you were bashing them on air. Well, I'm not holding it personal, RJ. I'm going to recommend that. I mean, book. This is three years. I'm ago. going to recommend that book to all of my very sharpest friends. <laughs> See, yeah, he's not holding it personal. All right. Last thing. Speaking of sharp, and then we'll get to the college basketball. Is uh. My my best buddy actually moved to town and, you know, he's been hanging out, listening to the pods and stuff. And he, Fez, what was the best number you saw if you bet the Pats on the money line, which was the default sharp side? Minus 170. And really, you said it was at one place. Where was it? Golden Nugget flashed it for about an hour and a half one morning. But I just heard that it happened at station as well for like five hours one afternoon. So he's got a minus one seventy in his pocket. Like Fez, what did you bet the pat? What was your blended number on the Pats money line? Minus one seventy five. So this guy got a better. You got your twenty nine <laughs> outs, your 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 six computer screens, and he hits town from Kansas, and he gets literally gets the best number. Right. So we're watching the game, and he's got his ticket out and. You know, he's kind of proud. I told him that's the best number anyone got. So he's got a big smile. But wouldn't you know, this is the way it is with Sharps, right? You take pride that you got the best number, but you still lost. Mm. Yep. This is RJ Bell's Dream Preview. This is R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. All right, college basketball time. And mostly on these Wednesday pods, it's going to be college basketball. It's going to be NBA basketball, uh, obviously through March Madness. Brad, we're going overrated. We're going underrated. Let's start with the most overrated team, which means this is a team you're looking to bet against. You won't blindly bet against them but you're looking to bet against them. It's Clemson out of the ACC currently in the Associated Press poll. They're number 16 in my power ratings that I post each and every Friday in the pregame.com forums. Only number 28. I downgraded them for a key injury they had several games ago. About three games back, their second leading scorer and second leading rebounder, Dante Grantham, he's out for the season. Well, the market really hasn't downgraded them too much because what has Clemson done? They've won three straight games without him, including a big win against North Carolina. The other two teams, not great competition, but it has showed, even though it hasn't showed up in the wins and losses, their offense, especially when they go and play a really good defensive team, that it has showed that they were averaging one of the better shooting teams in the country, 48% for their first 19 games. Last four games without Grantham in the lineup, they dropped a 40% shooting. I think when they play better defensive teams, especially the Virginias of the world, this is a team I like to fade. So Clemson not getting accounted for for a key injury just because they happen to win the last three games. And Brad, I got to tell you, I love the concept of a key player goes out. The rest of the team plays harder. They play better defense initially. Maybe it lasts a week. We're seeing it in the NBA with Washington, with John Wall out but it is unsustainable. And eventually the absence of that player catches up to that team when all these other guys finally have to come back to earth to their normal levels. Okay, next up, we're going to get the overrated team from Mr. Dave Esler. Well, my overrated team, because we're, we're looking at value here and, and we're talking about against the point spread, is Marquette 
Uh, a lot of people are still on them from early season when they beat Providence, they beat Seton Hall, they played Villanova a couple of times. But recently they've got hammered by Butler, they got hammered by Xavier. And I, and I think Wojciechowski and the youth and the fact that they can't play defense, uh, I think they're fading. I mean, when they when they beat Villanova and they were a 12-5 and five team and they had all these aspirations – uh, and being young, I think they're about ready to pack it in. They've got Seton Hall Wednesday. I think they're going to get killed. Uh, they could easily lose their last seven games. Yeah, I agree with it. In fact, I agree with it so much that my last pick in Marquette's game was a premium pick. I faded them with Providence. I see a lot of what uh, Dave just said, overrated, especially on the defense side of the ball, one of the weaker teams that's ranked in the top 40. And then also they benefited from a couple of key instances where they played teams without their best player, including a Providence game earlier in the season where they happened to catch Providence playing without their best player. And, you know, the Barquettes benefited from that. So I agree they're a team that I've already faded and will be looking to fade future, not blindly, but in future games. All right. So we've got our two overrated teams. Now, Brad Powers, your underrated team. So here's the thing. I didn't want to repeat ourselves. If you've been listening to the college podcast, we've talked about maybe Kentucky in certain spots being underrated. And I still, a lot of teams I mentioned, like a Texas Tech, still underrated in my power ratings. But you look at the team right now that I think, not in the rankings as far as the Associated Pro, the Texas Longhorns, and currently only around 25 in my rankings. Here's why I think they're underrated. Again, they lost a key player in Andrew Jones. They struggled early in the season without him. But now since Andrew Jones, actually they lost him not to injury, but because of cancer, they have used this as a rallying point. And after those first couple of games of struggling, they're 7-1 against the number of their last eight games. And they continue to get you know overlooked in the marketplace because they, they don't really play offense that well. They, they got one of the lower scoring teams in the top 25, top 30. And, but what they do have is a top five defense. They played a top five strength of schedule. And they're kind of a unique team as far as style of play with their press with Shaka Smart. Texas Longhorns underrated team. All right. So when is with an underrated team, we're looking for their best spot to play on them. What is that for Texas? Well, I think a lot of teams that don't have great guard play because they really press you and, you know, they can turn them over really good. And, you know, other thing that's unique about them is they got the big guy in the middle Mohamed Bamba, 6'11", 7'9", wingspan. He's number two in the country in blocks. So they're, they're very unique. Usually Shaka Smart teams are very guard-oriented. This team's got the guards, but also the big guy in the middle. Any team that has struggles with guard plays, bringing it up the floor, I look to play on Texas. I, I got to tell you, Brad, I have a concern here. Quest, question. All your points are fantastic, but Texas is not in a small conference, and they're 7-1 and one against the spread. I would much rather you have identified all this before they went on that great spread record. I have to feel that the marketplace is going to take notice. It's going to be hard to keep getting that value going forward. You say that, but, uh, you know, in their game, we're taping this on Tuesday, and they have a game on Wednesday, and the market's actually going against them. Uh, A game against Kansas State that they're hosting, they're only laying five. My power ratings have the game closer to seven. So I still see money coming against Kansas or against Texas with the Kansas State game. And look, you know, Nebraska is a team that the market continues to play against. They're 13 and one against the spread. You think sooner or later the markets would catch up. But yet again, you continue to see lines and at least, quote unquote, maybe the bigger money against them actually think it creates some value. In a few minutes, we mentioned Wednesday's games. We're going to have two best bets for Wednesday. Next up from Esler. And remember, guys, a lot of you podcast listeners, Dave Esler's new to you. If you're in the pregame.com forums, This guy's been 
a, I mean, a legend. I don't use that word often. He's a legend in the forums. And why? Because he's been winning and he's been providing amazing info for like eight years. This guy has been proven by the test of time. Here is his underrated college basketball team. Well, my, my team that's undervalued here is a very weak-looking team, the Vanderbilt Commodores. They're sitting at 8-15 and 15 and 2-8 and eight in conference play, but they recently almost beat Tennessee, did beat TCU, almost beat Kentucky on the road, and played Auburn pretty tough on the road. So I think that they're really undervalued going forward. Uh, they've got Georgia at home tomorrow night. Wednesday night, and and to me, I think that's almost a layup for Vanderbilt. Uh, they they played a very tough non conference schedule. Thoughts? Fully agree, and here's why: Vanderbilt actually was the worst team in the country to start the season against the spread, one and thirteen against the number. Their first fourteen games, and really that created a heck of a lot of value in the marketplace. But what also created some value is. There's some reasons why uh, they're adapting. They're only in the second year of a new coach uh, a regime here. So they got a lot of new players coming in. And secondly, they're playing one of their toughest schedules in the country. So they're battle hardened. They were one in 13 against a number. A lot of those very tight where it could have been, you know, instead of one in 13, they, they could have very easily been, you know, five and nine. So a little bit better than expected. And they're in a conference where a lot of teams, maybe the two biggest surprise teams are getting a lot of love. So this run, uh, you know, that they're on right now that where they've covered four or five straight getting overlooked because Tennessee's red hot. Auburn's probably the biggest surprise team in the country. Fully agree with Dave here. Vanderbilt uh, overlooked in the marketplace underrated. All right. Good stuff. We're heading down the home stretch. We're going to be looking at the five best teams in the West going to NBA next. Then the biggest Thursday game early preview, the biggest Saturday game early preview, then two Wednesday best bets. But first our one and only commercial break. Oh, the old standby true car. If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for. I don't. Well, I didn't. But what does it actually mean? Same question about terms like invoice, list price, dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody, even a wise guy. Faz, you only buy, though, those six-figure car. Is it different buying like a, like when you buy one of those $90,000 cars, do they treat you? Like, do they give you champagne like in the lobby and stuff? I'll have to talk to my wife and get back to you on this. She's in charge of that. <laughs> See if you wonder how you get a good wife. There it is, I guess. <laughs> All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want including fees and accessories before you even get to the dealership. True car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want all from the comfort of your home. And how do you know if the true price is a great price? Because true car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want and your certified dealers know this knowledge is power. So they set their true price competitively so they can win that's it. Win your business. So when you're ready to buy a car, new or used, or even a Fezzik level car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Uh-oh, small print. Some features not available in all states, which means if it's available for you, it's even a better deal.
NBA time. Fez, let's go down the list. This is Jim Cramer style. Buy, sell, hold. Five best teams in the West. And NBA is your specialty. You originate. By the way, on Twitter, at Fezzik Sports. F-E-Z-Z-I-K. Only Twitter account, at Fezzik Sports. F-E-Z-Z-I-K. Fezzik Sports. And buy, sell, hold, and give me why. And this is regular season. Yeah, we're going to sell Golden State. They're still getting priced like they were the juggernaut of the last three years. This team is not nearly as good during the regular season right now, RJ. Is that just motivation? I think it is, and here's why. They're outscoring their opponents by eight on average per game. Remember, this team was historically good statistically in prior years. In the first quarter, they're only outscoring their their opponents on average by half a point. That tells me they come in flat on most nights, coast along, do enough to win, and their head coach, Kerr, said, my team is fried from all this travel and all these games we played. How often do you hear a coach say that? Let's fade them selectively until the playoffs. All right, we always like to find a general direction and then get specific. My gut feeling would be fade them as bigger favorites. Correct, and the one exception would be like they're playing Oklahoma City, and that's a huge revenge game. They're laying 10. That's not a spot that I would fade them most times, though, when they're laying double digits, that's the time to fade them. Okay, so a combination, because usually how good the other team is is going to be correlated with how big the spread is. But if they're at home and they're extra motivated, clearly. But that brings up another point. Is that a time to even play on them? I mean, is this something where the dichotomy, the split between how good they are when they really, because right now they're a bigger favorite to win the title at this point of the year than they've been. In fact, I mean, here's just the fact. In fact, this is the biggest favorite in the history of the NBA, Golden State, right now at this point of the year. Yeah, they were minus 250. Now they're only minus 220 versus the field. Yeah, so when you money. say only, that's yes. still the biggest. I mean, Jordan and the Bulls, entering the years when you know they were going for their third in a row, you know, which happened twice, obviously, it was even money. I mean, it was the field versus, you, you remember that, right, Fast? I, I do. So... I mean, Fez goes, well, hold on. I've got a point. It was minus 250. Now it's minus 220. True. I mean, there's been a perceived drop-off, but it's still the the relatively the greatest team relative to the competition of any team in NBA history. Do you feel like that's still true? Oh, no, I do not. This, so this, year, this look- year's the team, is, is even in the playoffs, is going to be not nearly as good. Why? I think all those playoff games they played, they got banged up. You look at when Curry turned his ankle, it was a really severe ankle sprain. I don't know if he's ever going to be as good as he was in his great MVP year. The team's still great, but they're not an epic uh, team like they were in prior years. So is there a way to get at, and we're going to talk about the other teams, is there a way other than just futures on, you know, the on, uh, I mean, I guess some places are going to have a yes, no on Golden State. I mean, what is it? Minus two twenty. So what? Plus one eighty. Do you make a monster bet on the no? I think you're better off waiting for the playoffs and just selectively playing their opponents in great spots throughout the playoffs. Hmm. But if you're saying they're way overrated, why wouldn't you take the plus one eighty? I think plus one eighty is good value. The, the problem is there aren't very many contenders with them. Is the is is the issue? I really think there's only a couple teams that are going to be able to beat Golden State right now. All right. So in general. You're saying it's it's hard. So will you? how many times would you guess that you're going to play Golden State the rest of the year? Play on them from now to the end of the regular season? Twice. All right. And how many times will you guess you'll play against them? Seven times. All right. That's interesting. That's a split. And in general, if it just feels flat, they Golden State now has a propensity to be flat. 
Yeah, and I'm questioning whether maybe I should just bet against them every first quarter because they always seem to come out flat in games that aren't circled on their calendar for them. Is the market in the first quarter been affected by that? Not Meaning at all. that if you just do the math of what the first quarter should be, it's been the same. Yeah, if they're a nine-half point favorite, they just go by the chart and make them a three-point first quarter favorite. And what would you say in the last 20 games if you had faded them every first quarter you'd be? And you're guessing here. I'm, I'd just be guessing. I'll have to do the research. I would think you're 60%. Okay. Interesting. All right. So fade or sell, go and say number two. We're going to buy the Houston Rockets. Now, I did give them out on a future selection in January at 8-1 to one to win the title. They could beat Golden State. They are loaded. Remember, they brought in Chris Paul. He had to get um, used to playing with all the other players and James Harden. Both Chris Paul and James Harden, their guards are awesome, but they've both been hurt over the course of the year. They're both healthy now. When they play with their center, their starting center, Capella, that lineup is 17-0 and 0 straight up. They have not lost a game. Uh, it's just incredible. Now, they do have one weak link in their starting lineup. Anderson, he's on the, the trading blocks. He might get traded. So you've used a lot of pronouns. We're talking about... We're talking about the Houston Rockets. Apologize. I think the Rockets, I've got them power rated every bit as good as Golden State right now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop the clock. <laughs> is... <laughs> little Ron either. Is you're saying if they played seven games on a neutral court and you could get Houston plus 110, you would? In, in the regular season, yes. The power, the current power ratings. Okay. So another way to look at it is if they were playing a home and home and you could get plus four and a half and minus four and a half on Houston, you know, obviously minus four and a half at home, you'd be inclined to bat it. Absolutely. And the best evidence of how good this Houston team is, RJ, they went to Cleveland, the best, the perceived best team in the East. Houston was laying three. LeBron James was playing and Houston won by about 40 points recently. But what would Golden State's line have been if they were playing at Cleveland? I think the same. Huh. Very close to it. Maybe laying an extra half point. So how uh, is our sense that Golden State's drop off from their op or their best or let's say their reasonable best compared to the way they're playing now? That difference, or we'll call that upside. Houston's reasonable best versus how they're playing now. Is Houston's upside less? I think Houston's upside is less. Golden State is the better team when they enter the playoffs, but they're not right now. But better enough for one to be minus 220 and one to be plus 500? No. Okay. But I had to talk you into taking plus 180 on the field. We'll take the plus 180. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't make sense. We'll take right. it, yes. All right. Okay. So when do you want to play on? Again, we want to play on a team you're buying. When do we want to play on Houston? Best situation. Pretty much anytime they have a revenge game, anytime they're off a bad basketball game where they lose, I think you can, you can select. So this is just about motivation again. I think, no, I think that in well, revenge, the basic strategy, RJ is to bet on Houston whenever you can, unless it's a bad spot for them. This team is just loaded. So what's a bad spot mean? A bad spot would be, they beat their opponent the last time they played by 20 and they're playing their fourth game in six nights. Stuff like that. Okay, so you're saying handicapping 101 for the NBA is, unless it's really negative, Houston is so undervalued right now, in your mind, that unless there's some real negatives to the individual game handicap, you're looking to play on them. Yeah, I think you can bet them every game the next 20, you'll go 11-9 and nine against the spread. Which sounds like, oh, that's hardly anything, but hey, that's, that is uh, how you win money, is going 11-9. and nine. All right, next 
team. Third team. Third team, San Antonio Spurs. I am neutral on this team. A lot of uncertainty with Kawhi Leonard. He's their stud. He is their MVP candidate. He's been hurt all year long, and he's sitting on the bench right now. It's unclear when he's coming back. If he's coming back this year, I anticipate. None of that matters. What are we looking at today? Right. So today, I've got them power rated only two points better than an average team. And, and what does the market think they are? The market's pretty much at the same point. So I'm neutral. No buy or sell on San Antonio. Now, it makes sense to me a player maybe coming back or maybe not coming back could affect the team psychology. As in, hey, without him, he's not going to really come back. We don't have a chance. So do we really play hard now? But, I mean, Pop seems like the one co- one of the few coaches that would not fall prey to would not allow his team to fall prey to that. So obviously... Kawhi not being on the court right now doesn't affect the team that is on the court, except maybe psychologically. Do you think there's any effect with the Spurs? Well, I I agree with you. Pop's a great coach. He's keeping everyone motivated. But the problem with Leonard is he's publicly come out and said he doesn't know if his future with San Antonio. He's unhappy. And because of that, it's unclear how this whole effect is going to impact the team. So I'm staying away. All right. So that's interesting. So it's not exactly fully Kawhi being hurt, but it's the team being... Uh, all the uncertainty around their future. You know, obviously he's the anchor of the future of this team. So it sounds like he could be playing hurt. He's not playing hurt. How's that going to impact everyone? I'm really not sure on a day-to-day basis. Good point. Fourth team, Minnesota. Minnesota. I am buying Minnesota during the regular season. They acquired Jimmy Butler. He used to play for the Bulls. This team is loaded. They're playing hard every night. And I think there's solid value because Jimmy Butler has missed six games. Incredibly. In those six games, they're two and four. Their losses were by 21, 23, 13, and nine points. So here's a team that's 34 and 22, RJ, but they got four blowout losses without Jimmy Butler that's skewing their stats. And in my opinion, giving us some value for Minnesota. Also, they've got a coach in Tom Thibodeau that, remember, the dog days of March are coming in the NBA when teams rest a lot of guys, don't play as many minutes, start getting ready for the playoffs. That's not what Thibodeau does. He plays his starters more minutes than anybody. So really, we've talked about upside and teams that don't have a lot of upside in the playoffs often are play ons during the year because they're always playing hard. So the ebbs and flows of a Minnesota are going to be less than a Golden State. Yes, Minnesota isn't going to take the nights off like Golden State is. So if motivation isn't as much of a driver what is the situation that makes us want to play on Minnesota the most? I think we can probably play on them and traditionally bad spots where they're playing mm. like the third game. Because the market's going to say, oh, this is a time they're going to be flat, but they're less flat. Yes. Ooh, I like that. Oh, you know, I... I shouldn't say this after Fez was so good with that because that was sharp, 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 sharp. But he actually passed me a note before we started the NBA and he said, I want to do, I want to say one more thing about girlfriends. And my response, I'll, I'll respond now. Women, we can lay. All right, number five. Well, I, that's a good segue. Nope. To my, oh, I got oh. one more key point where women weak in legs on Minnesota. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Their legs are weak in the second half. I think they're getting some on a nightly basis because their first oh, half. Oh, Fez, don't, don't. Don't make sexual jokes. It just makes everyone uncomfortable. Go ahead. Minnesota <laughs> is outscoring their opponents by 4.1 in the first half. 
in the second half, they're getting outscored by one point. Back to what I was saying with Thibodeau. Here's he's driving this team so hard. They're running out of energy in the second half. I mean, Brad, is there anything you want to hear less than I think they're getting some from Faz? Yeah. Just, just <laughs> stick to the NBA. <laughs> Number five. Number five, Oklahoma City. We are going to fade this team. This is the public team, RJ. They got Westbrook. They got Carmel Anthony. They got George that they acquired. So they got three bona fide superstars, according to the public. Carmel Anthony, he's not worth anything. But here's the key. The glue guy in their starting lineup, Roberson, who no one cares about, is injured and he's out for the year. He's a great defender, and this team doesn't play a lot of defense. This defense per 100 possessions has been 12 points better with Roberson. And so here's a key injury that the market just happened about a week ago. The market is not going to correct enough, and I'm going to be fading Oklahoma City down the stretch. Blue Horseshoe loves Anacostia. All right. College basketball. We really are getting down the home stretch. Stakes going up. Biggest game on Thursday, Brad. Break it down. Well, it's the biggest rivalry in college basketball. You got Duke at North Carolina. Line prediction, uh, line's not out as we're taping on Tuesday, but I think it's going to be close to pick them here with North Carolina at home. I'm going to lean with North Carolina. I think they're undervalued because they've recently lost straight up and against the spread three games in a row. And look, one of the performances was a bad performance against NC State at home where they lost outright. The other two could have went either way. They're on the road and bad spot against Clemson. But I like them end game situation. The expectation line is going to be close. And the series history says it's going to be close. Last 96 meetings, Duke leads 49 to 47. Combined cumulative score in those 96 games, Duke is only outscoring North Carolina by a total of 29 points. So usually close games. I like the fade Duke, a freshman dominated team. I saw it again in the Virginia game. They really don't have a go-to guy at the end, particularly handling the ball in the backcourt. 16 turnovers here. North Carolina's got one of the most experienced guards in the country. At home, undervalued. Give me the Tar Heels in a pick game. Now that was a professional presentation. Now, he doesn't do that on Fox, though. He gets. Do you get nervous? I, I mean, we got more people listening that's here. That's great call. 330 stations on Fox. There's a show on Friday night and Saturday night that you should check out called Straight Out of Vegas. It's true, but does it get you nervous? No, I think it. It might be that just the time factor gets me. Honestly, like I need you to think take you're a in a hurry. No, no, no. Oh, I think night. it's late at night. I'm tired. It's like eleven o'clock. <laughs> yeah, How old Brad's are you? been working since yeah. six a.m. Yeah. You might want to swing that a little. Yeah. I, I have a question for you in this game, Brad. His uh, my recollection is every time these two teams plays, it's a shootout and the game goes over. Would you expect that a very high scoring game in this game? Uh, Absolutely. Both teams offenses far exceed the defenses. Duke particularly not very good at all on defensive side of the ball. They're the worst team in the top 15 defensive wise. So yes, another unique thing I want to bring up here. Usually it's Duke that has the perimeter game and it's North Carolina down low. It's completely opposite this year where North Carolina has the the advantage on the perimeter. And Duke is the team that has the guys down low like Bagley, uh, the third, the the, the phenom freshman will be the number one pick in the draft. So that'll be interesting to see how these two teams handle it because it's completely opposite as far as personnel this year. Excellent. That's Brad Powers. You can follow him on Twitter. Brad Powers 7. That's Brad Powers, P-O-W-E-R-S. And the number seven for unknown reasons. Next 
game, biggest game on Saturday. Yeah, one of the biggest games we've seen all year, a battle of top five teams. You got Purdue at Michigan State on Saturday. And I'm guessing the line's going to have Michigan State slightly favored by about two, three points here. I am going to lean with the home team, the Spartans. Even though they've been struggling, they've been dealing with a lot of distractions off the court. They're 0-3-1 and against their, their last four games. But I say they get up for this one, and they have a great situational edge here. They're playing, as we're taping this, tonight on Tuesday. Should be an easy game. They're a double-digit road favorite at Iowa. So they should take care of business in that one. Meanwhile, Purdue... Tomorrow night on Wednesday has just as big of a game. They're hosting the first place team in the Big Ten that they're tied with, Ohio State. They got them at home. That's going to extend some energy, produce traveling, one day less rest. Give me the Spartans minus the points. Oh, dog. Oh, dog. Good stuff. One quick question on this one. Uh oh. If Purdue, who <laughs> I'm high on, beats Ohio State, and if your pick goes down and they win this game, which is unlikely. Do we run out and bet Purdue in the futures markets because they'll basically have wrapped up a number one seed then? I already bet Purdue in the futures market and recommended on the first podcast that we did covering college basketball and did the national title game. At that time, they're 25 to 1 and 30 to 1. Not now, 6 to 1, 8 to 1. Not a lot of value and a lot of positive EV when you got to win six games in a tournament. We're not talking like a college football team here. And it's a good example of. One of the reasons to follow Brad Power 7 on Twitter, he'll put his tickets out when he bets them so you can see the stuff on the futures he's playing himself right here in Vegas. Okay, it's best bet time. Last thing. So if you're listening past Wednesday, you can head on out unless you want to hear the witticisms or maybe Fez will give us some advice about the gals. <laughs> Is <laughs> No, no moss, no moss. The... So every show or we do will be released Wednesday. We're going to have the two best bets, one from Esler coming up and then one from Brad for the Wednesday action. We talked about the Oscar Goodman pod and how with all the new stuff, just subscribe. Right? It's free and you get them and you decide if you want to listen. New pod coming out. The plan is Friday called Don't Bet on It. Don't bet on it. Well, that doesn't sound like RJ, does it? Here's what it's about. We take the hottest of the hot takes. Colin Cowherd, Stephen A. Smith, no prisoners, no favoritism, et cetera. And what we do is we break them down from a Vegas perspective, kind of a thumbs up or thumbs down. It's going to be me and Steve Cofield, who hosts that Fox national show doing some more typical sports talk, but from a Vegas perspective. Okay. Check that out. This Friday should be the first episode. Now best bet Wednesday, Mr. Dave Esler. Wednesday free pick. Uh, we're going to go with a total, and this is going to surprise some people. FSU and Virginia, probably the top game on the board Wednesday. Uh, that total should come out about 128, 129-ish. Um, but if you look at Florida State, the winner in every one of their conference games has scored at least 73 points. The loser has scored at least 69, and both of those occurred in one game against Louisville. And they played, you know, team team like Miami, which is kind of a poor man's Virginia in terms of style, 103-94 in overtime at home. Uh, Georgia Tech, uh, they gave up 77 points to a team that can't score. So what, what really gets me here is FSU's defense, which is rated 17th in the nation, 13th in conference play. Agree, disagree. Yeah, I like the contrarian there because why is the total so low? Because Virginia right now has, at least statistically speaking, 
the best defense in the last 18 years. They want to keep talking. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, in the last 18 years of college basketball, and we've seen a lot of their totals being very suppressed, and they've been going under. Uh, You know, the the Syracuse game, one of their last games they just played, had one of the lowest totals in college basketball this season. I do like the contrarian approach. I think Virginia is due for a breakout performance. Give me the over as well. And Virginia has been a monster first half under as well. So I would recommend you might want to save some money here. And if the first half goes under, then pop the second half over because those have been much higher scoring in Virginia games. So you're saying from the Virginia perspective, you would look at the under in the first half. Thus, maybe this is even a better halftime bet. To play the second half over, correct. Yeah. Okay, interesting. All right, that's Dave Esler. You can follow him on Twitter. Dave underscore Esler, E-S-S-L-E-R, Dave underscore Esler. A lot of good tidbits. All right, Brad, best bet? All right, we're going. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Blossom. Whoa. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. I wonder if the, you know, don't over tip and impress that you're so alpha would have worked with Blossom. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. A little too granola, I think. Yeah. All right, best bet. We're going uh, a little bit down the board here, and we're going game number seven four zero. Taking Evansville minus three against Valparaiso, and it's all about fading Valparaiso. Why has there been value against them? Let's break it down. Valparaiso, a lot of people know about their past success, not only in their own league, Horizon League, but also in the NCAA tournament. So what happens is this year they move to a much stronger conference, the Missouri Valley Conference, but they are who they thought that we were. They're 8-0 and to start the season. So everyone's like, well, this is the same Valpo team that we've seen the last 20 years dating back to Homer and Bryce Drew. Reality is, no, the extra travel schedule and the tougher competition. This is a team that's 4-11 their last 15 games straight up, 6-11 and against the spread of the last 17. And specifically for this game, why there continues to be some value, their opponent Evansville recently lost one of their best players, Drew Smith, but they've adjusted accordingly without him. They won each of their last two games playing without him. Better defense, better offense, playing at home, laying less than the four points of home court here. Evansville minus three best bet. So Valpo is not who we thought they were, actually. They actually are not who we thought they were. Brad is the MVP of this baby. But still, if you can only follow one person on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. Guys, this this was strong. We got so much, so much exciting stuff going on between now and March Madness. Make sure follow on Twitter. Make sure to subscribe. And we'll be back every Wednesday, crack of dawn, with the Dream Preview. Talk to you there. Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week. Hey, this is Jordan Harbinger. I used to host the Art of Charm podcast, but now it's time for something new. The Jordan Harbinger Show. Did you know you can be entertained and actually get a boost in your life at the same time? On this show, we dig into the superpowers of the world's most interesting thinkers and top talents. Then we deliver them to you right into your ears. But I get it. We're not all superheroes. That's why we give you their blueprint so you can live what you listen. 
after a thousand interviews, learning five languages, and getting arrested in a country that doesn't even exist anymore, I'm now more ready than ever to introduce you to The Jordan Harbinger Show. Listen free to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the Podcast One app.